This is Victoria Schneps, president of Schneps Media, and delighted today to be bringing you Christine Mangino, who is proudly the star, the president of Queensborough Community College in Bayside, New York. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much for having me today, Vicki. Well, you, you know, you're a light, a star in our uh, stratosphere in Queens County, where you've taken on the mantle of the uh, presidency and uh, at the most difficult time in our history of the world, probably. So, you know, people are um, having so much respect for you being there. But I know that it all started becoming president doesn't happen overnight. And I saw your very rich resume of positions in colleges and your PhD that you achieved. Could you share with us your growing up years? Who influenced you to become who you think you are? You know, what what, what went into making Christine who she is today? I think you know, I started off wanting to be an author. I, I read ferociously and would write to the publishers. So like the Judy Bloom books, I would write to the publishers and get, you know, the packet of information about the author and, and read into that. So that was one. Um, I also had an art teacher in elementary school that really took um, me under her wing. I was definitely very shy as a child and she helped, you know, guide me and get me involved. And then I think looking back, I would have to say my mother, you know, I don't know that I recognized it at the time, but realizing, you know, what a woman of strength she was, um, an independent and always a rock for me. So she's always been there. And that, that I think definitely made me who I am today. So was she also in uh, the professions or was she basically a mother at most of her uh, yes, life? Yes, she was she was a stay-at-home mom. She had gotten accepted into nursing school after high school, but she didn't do it. Um, and then she stopped working when she had children. And then when I was probably later elementary school, she went back to work part-time in a doctor's office, but more as a receptionist and then a bookkeeper. And then she started working full-time when I was older. But she it's interesting, right, how that, you know, uh, but I think there must have been something in your passion for books because you can't get to the degrees you have <laughs> without doing a lot yeah. of reading. Yeah, no, she would say, my mom would take us food shopping on a Friday night and as a reward, we get to go into the bookstore afterward. And I would always had this excitement of, oh my gosh, you could pick any book in the entire bookstore. And really to this day, <laughs> I still- Where did you excitement. grow up? I was born in Brooklyn. Um, and then in second- Where about? Grade, in Bensonhurst. Okay. Sure, because we own the Home Reporter, which was the paper then too. <laughs> and then I know I, Brooklyn, I was born there very yeah. well. And then I grew up the rest of the years in Merrick on Long Island. Okay, so you moved out to the island. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. But I think, you know, your uh, path to the presidency has been really one um, of great depth. Share with us a little bit about what you're doing now and how those careers brought you to the point of where you are now the president of Queensboro. <laughs> I think being an educator at heart, um, you know, having taught elementary school and early childhood and then at the college level, I, I get pedagogy. Um, you know, all of my degrees are in teaching and people, right? I think the people, the interpersonal relationships are so important. I, I've joked frequently that I was trained, I did a volunteer uh, counselor for a crisis hotline, Middle Earth on Long Island back when I was, you know, in my early 20s. And the skills that you learn as a crisis hotline person is vital for the work that I do today, right? With really helping people, you know, not 
how to calm people down in the middle of a crisis, how to calm down a student who's upset. So I think the faculty really appreciate the fact that I get the teaching part of it. I get, um, you know, the education and our students' needs and understanding what our students' needs are from the time they were in elementary school to, you know, and understanding what their experiences were like and what we need to do to, to make sure that the transition is appropriate for students at the college level is very important. Well, I think, you know, having leadership in the middle of the pandemic had to be particularly challenging. How did you navigate that? Yeah, so I started a job where I have not met most of the people. You know, we have over a thousand um, employees and, you know, 14,000 students, and I have met a handful of them. So really figuring out how do you build the relationships on Zoom? How do you get to really hear people's concerns for the college? And together, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, what is our vision for the college five years from now? Where do we want to grow as an institution to be to better support our students? And now putting together a five-year strategic plan to help guide us through that. Um, it turns out you could do a lot on Zoom, for sure. We've, we're, we're figuring that out. And, you know, one of the things I was most concerned about that was going to be hard remotely was understanding the culture of the college and the climate of the college. But it you, you figure it out. Um, we've done lots of different ways of getting people engaged and having me in a room with colleagues. So I've done a monthly book club where people could sign up for the book and we mail it to their house. And then we could just talk about the book so that we're, we're meeting on a much different level than, you know, in a committee or in groups and things like that, you know, and then figuring out what do we need to put in place for our students to be more successful? And how do we close, you know, the equity gaps that are, you know, experienced at every level of education? And, and what would that look like for our campus? And I, I think we're, we're we're in a really good place considering, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Nobody has met me in person. Um, and we're still trying to figure out how to keep the community safe for when we um, come back to campus in the fall. Are you anticipating that there will be classes in the fall? Is that what you're aiming for in terms of our... Yeah. Um, our goal is how many students can we give the opportunity to be on campus? And it might not always be in a classroom. Maybe it's to meet with an advisor to do a student activity, socially distance. So we're keeping the six feet social distance, keeping up, you know, health and safety is number one. But how do we start to bring back, you know, our theater classes and our music well, classes? I'm going to stop you right there because <laughs> I was, you know, I love Queensboro because you have, I mean, how many colleges? community colleges campuses have their own art gallery and art directed how the Holocaust Museum and a nursing program overflowing with students. But tell us your hidden secret of power. So we have a theater program that is, a, you know, the only community college accredited theater program in the country. We have a music program. We have an arts and design program. You know, so even though we are known for, you know, our sciences and our 3D lab and, you know, our engineering classes, we also have that whole other side of the brain, right, and the arts and culture parts. And it's not just our three cultural centers on campus, but it's also the degree programs that are supporting students in those areas. And there's great collaboration then with the with the cultural centers. It's remarkable, you know, that it's like a, uh, you do have that wonderful, and I think it was renovated, the theater, right? I know it's Susan Aiken has run that many years. Yep. Yes. So, and right. And our students also get to use that theater. So we are hoping that it, the renovations will be complete for the fall semester. So students can be back on stage and we can start, you know, opening up to the public also. But in the meantime, uh, when, when Susan they, is doing, you know, outside theater, right, in, in the community of Queens. 
nothing's going to stop well, her. Nothing stops her, right? <laughs> <laughs> You've got a great team behind you. So it really makes you great. And I think that's part of the great success you have. But I, uh, I think that Queensboro has been positioned as such a leader in the community. And with your, you know, new uh, position, I hope we're all waiting breathlessly for it to be our worlds to open so we can all enjoy you uh, personally yes, and what, you, you. Uh, what you're accomplishing and what you've accomplished already. I know you worked up at Hostos College for a while. For 16 years. That's that a while. Amazing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Are there, no, are there similarities? Oh, absolutely. I think all at CUNY, right? We are supporting students who, you know, a lot of times, you know, our educational systems have failed them um, and, and they're trying to figure out how, you know, that how to get an education, new immigrants coming to the country, you know, learning the language while also trying to get a job and support their families. So we definitely have very you know, similarities in it for our students. So what would you say would be your advice to uh, young people as well as mature to be as successful, and I'll say it, as you are, what would you call your secrets of success that you could pass on to others to be successful? I think the first thing is to find what you're passionate about, right? Because I think as long as you have that passion, you're going to be successful in whatever you do. And, and, and you have to love what you do. And I've loved my job from the time I was teaching two-year-olds to today. Um, so I, I, I find that that's a blessing for myself. I think it's also, you know, always trying to grow. As, as a person and how do I do better tomorrow than I did today and always having that mentality looking for feedback listening to people I think is really important and knowing that you don't always have all the answers and making sure that you surround yourself with people you know that you, you trust and you can listen to and to be kind right like always Think about somebody else's perspective. Why are they doing that? Why are they acting like that? You know, what's what's motivating them? You know, and I had that revelation once when I was teaching my kids how to drive, right? Because you're sitting at the, the stop sign and, you know, and they're not going and the car behind them is beeping and stuff. And you're like, so then, you know, so the next time you're behind a car that's not moving as fast as you want, you're like, wait a second, you know, that could be somebody's 17 year old learning how to drive. Right? <laughs> but I think that's important for in all aspects of life, right? Where does that look like? Right for the other person, and to just be kind with each other. Especially How did you in the middle of a pandemic? Yes, yeah, so absolutely. Because I think people's tension levels are so much higher, and people are so much more tense because of what's going on in our world and personally for people. How did you switch from being a teacher to an administrator? What was that flip that made you say, "I think I can do this"? <laughs> So I never wanted to be an administrator. I looked for a doctoral program that focused on pedagogy because I did not want to be a, an elementary school principal. But when I started teaching at the college level, even then, uh, my chairperson had said to me, you know, you have the, the personality and the disposition to become a, a president. He's like, I could definitely see it. And I'm like, I, I, I have no desire, right? I, I want to be in the classroom. And then they needed a chairperson for the department. And so, you know, I had agreed to do it and I got to see how much more you can impact at that level and seeing all of the, the bigger pieces. And after I did that for a while, I was like, well, you know what, I, I'm ready to look up and see something bigger. So I moved to the dean's role. But each time I moved up, I'm like, this is it, right? Because I don't want to go so far. I don't want to do the next level. But then you realize that you need to do that in order to make real systemic change, right? So that you can really move an entire institution for student success. Well, what a great, exciting opportunity you have at Queensboro. 
And I think they picked the right person to lead them into the next decade. So it's wonderful talking to Christine Mangino, who is the president of Queensborough Community College. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you so much for having me. And this is Victoria Schnepp signing off, president of Schnepp's Media. The power woman was in the house today. Congratulations, Christine. Thank you.